0: So we've been hearing that the presidential candidates have been giving their closing arguments, right, in the final days of the campaign. You often hear that at the end of political campaigns that, you know, Donald Trump is making his closing argument to the American people. Joe Biden is giving his closing argument about why he should be president. And, you know, closing arguments are kind of a a trial thing, right? You often hear about The prosecutor, you know, uh, stepping into the well of the court to give his closing argument or the defense attorney making her closing argument to the jury. Let me talk about another trial principle, the principle of circumstantial evidence. Let's look at some of the circumstantial evidence in the final days of this presidential campaign and, and see what it's telling us. And then at the end, let's wrap up by talking a little bit about justice, because justice matters. Hey all Glenn Kirshner here. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Justice Matters. Um, as you may know, what I try to do on these longer format podcasts on Sunday, as well as my daily YouTube videos, uh, what I try to do is take my 30 years as a federal prosecutor, three decades on the inside of the federal government, and I try to use what I learned to talk about legal issues of the day, put those legal issues in the larger context, and then talk about some common sense proposed solutions to the crime, the corruption, the abuse that is the Donald Trump administration. And what I want to talk about today is the concept of circumstantial evidence. So we have a lot of information that has been coming at us about the election, right? Lots of indicators, lots of what I would call circumstantial evidence. And that's a concept that we use every day in the law, in the criminal justice system, in civil trials. But let me just explain the difference between direct evidence and circumstantial evidence, and then let's talk about what some of the circumstantial evidence is and what it tells us about the likely outcome of the presidential election. First of all, there are two kinds of evidence in the law, direct evidence and circumstantial evidence, and the law makes no distinction between the two. One is not more important or more reliable or weightier than the other. Here's an example of the difference between those two different kinds of evidence. If I stay up all night looking out my bedroom window and I see that it's raining, well, I could go into court the next day and I could testify that I saw it rain last night. That would be direct evidence that it rained. I saw it with my own eyes. But if I went to sleep, and the ground was dry when I went to bed, I woke up the next morning, I looked out my bedroom window, and the ground was wet. That would be circumstantial evidence that it had rained while I was asleep. However, it's not conclusive evidence because maybe my neighbor was out watering his tomato plants and that's why the ground is wet. But it is some evidence, it's circumstantial evidence that it rained while I was asleep, even if I didn't see it with my own eyes. So I had, when I went to the Army's law school, it's called the JAG school, I had a crusty old colonel who taught us criminal law and he had a great example of what circumstantial evidence was. For those of you who don't know, um, if you wanna be an Army JAG or a JAG in any of the military services, you first, get your undergraduate degree, you get your law school degree, you pass a bar exam, a state bar exam, and then you attend the military JAG school. In my case, it was the Army JAG school, which is on the campus of the University of Virginia uh, in in Charlottesville. The The Army JAG school, the Judge Advocate General School, is right next to UVA's law school. And you go there for several months to learn how to be an Army lawyer. So as I say, I had this you know, crusty old colonel who, uh, he was an Italian gentleman and he spoke with a, a slight Italian accent. And he used to use this example to tell us about circumstantial evidence. He said, you know, if you're in your kitchen and you're at your kitchen table and you take some tomatoes and you put them right in the middle of your kitchen table, and then you get some garlic and you put it on the table Next to the tomatoes. You take some onions and you put it on the table over here. You take some some uncooked pasta, you put it on the table over here. You take some sausage, you put it on the table over here. You take some oregano, you put it over here. Some olive oil over here. Some salt and pepper over here. And you put all of those ingredients out end-to-end on your kitchen table. What have you got? Not much, but... You put them all together, when well, you got a nice spaghetti. I wish I could do the Italian accent, but I don't do accents. But that was his example of, of what circumstantial evidence is. No one piece of evidence, just like no one piece of information, gives you all the answers, or definitively shows the end product to you. But each piece of information, each piece of circumstantial evidence contributes to the whole, but it's only when you assemble it all and assimilate it all that you get to that final result and you see what the final picture or what the final outcome is. With that in mind, let's talk about some of the pieces of circumstantial evidence. Let's just go through half dozen of them and see what kind of conclusions we can draw about this election is going to turn out let's start with the polls okay in both the national polls and in the state polls particularly the battleground polls Joe Biden is up and he's up considerably in many of the polls I know polls don't tell us everything polls can ultimately be wrong but the polls both national and battleground state polls are a piece of circumstantial evidence that tell us something. What about early voting? We have seen unprecedented early voting numbers, right? I know that could be a result of COVID, it could be a result of the enthusiasm for a particular candidate, but we don't know how these early votes are being cast. However, there's something we do know. Based on the reporting, we know that registered Democrats Are voting early in far greater numbers than registered Republicans. That doesn't tell us everything, but it's another piece of circumstantial evidence. What about the 2018 midterm results? Remember, in 2018, we had been, we the people, had already been abused about this much by Donald Trump, whereas now, we've been abused far more, right? In 2018, that was before Donald Trump's COVID lies and the resulting preventable deaths and the resulting avoidable suffering that our brothers and sisters, our family members, our friends, our community members, our American family had suffered. 2018 was before the... Unemployment rate went through the roof, was before the economic struggles, indeed the economic disasters that some families are now suffering. 2018 was before Putin putting bounties, or us learning about Putin putting bounties on soldiers. And it was before we knew that Donald Trump viewed soldiers as suckers and losers. The 2018 midterms were before we knew all of this, before we had experienced all of these abuses at the hands of a corrupt administration. And yet in 2018, we flipped 41 seats in the House of Representatives from Republican to Democrat, from red to blue. That is a powerful piece of circumstantial evidence. It doesn't tell us everything, but it tells us something. How about the fact that Donald Trump's own family members, some of them, have turned on him? right? Whether it's Mary Trump, his niece, coming out publicly and saying, I'm sorry, but I have to share the fact that he is dangerous. He is unfit. And he cannot be reelected. Not if we care about the country. She also happens to be a psychologist. She knows a little bit about how the human mind works. Donald Trump's sister, Marianne Trump Barry, was caught on audio recordings saying things like her brother Donald Trump is cruel, he's untrustworthy, he's a liar. These are her words Donald Trump's sister doesn't tell us everything but it's an important piece of circumstantial evidence how about Republicans turning against Donald Trump whether it's the Lincoln project or some of Donald Trump's own administration officials people he appointed who ultimately had to walk away from the Trump administration Many of them have come out publicly and said, yeah, inside the Trump administration is nothing but chaos and callousness and incompetence. Doesn't tell us everything, but another important piece of circumstantial evidence. How about the Supreme Court? Donald Trump thought he was in like Flynn. He had Gorsuch. He had Kavanaugh. He had his draft picks on the Supreme Court. And what did he do? He brought a legal challenge saying he has absolute immunity. He is beyond the reach of subpoenas. He is not um, susceptible to being dragged into the criminal justice system. And those legal assertions went up to the Supreme Court. And even his own two hand-picked justices, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, ruled against him. They were not going to let him put himself or the presidency beyond the reach of the courts. Now, that is not direct evidence of what will happen if a court challenge makes its way up to the Supreme Court, but it's a powerful piece of circumstantial evidence. So that's just half a dozen pieces of circumstantial evidence that we are dealing with right now. And, you know, that, that six pieces of evidence, you could come up with 60 more. And no one fact, no one piece of circumstantial evidence tells you the whole story, but I tell you, you put it all together Right? You take all of those ingredients, all of those bits of information, all of that circumstantial evidence, and you put it all together, well, oh, you got a nice Biden landslide. You got a huge Donald Trump defeat. We are going to continue to get to the polls. Yes, in numbers too big to rig. And too real to steal. Because the bigger the numbers are for a Biden victory, the more difficult it will be to contest any of this in the courts. And I know, folks, there's a lot going on in the courts right now. And there are some not qualified Mitch McConnell judges trying to steal votes here and there, trying to suppress uh, the full count of citizens' votes. Um, yeah, they're they're going to win some victories around the edges, but they're not going to be able to defeat the numbers that are coming out for Joe Biden and against Donald Trump. And then, once the votes are counted and once Donald Trump's various challenges have been rejected. Um and Joe Biden is inaugurated in January, that is when the grand jury investigations begin. That's when the indictments begin to get handed down. That's when trials kick in. That's when Donald Trump administration officials, co-conspirators, aiders, and abettors, enablers, accessories after the fact, be they elected, appointed, family members, that's when they will have a decision to make whether to plead guilty and accept responsibility for the crimes they committed together with or on behalf of Donald Trump or go to trial. And every man, every woman is entitled to a trial and boy, will we give them trials. And they'll be convicted, they'll be held accountable, they will be sentenced, and if the judge deems it appropriate, they will be imprisoned. Folks in the aftermath of Watergate 14 government officials, 14 nefarious actors, whether part of the break-in or part of the cover-up, 14 were indicted and imprisoned. Behind the Trump administration's crimes, 114, 1,014, it doesn't matter. Whatever the evidence shows, however many of these people, in the Trump administration, in the Trump world, in Trump's orbit, have committed criminal offenses against the United States, against we the people, against the immigrants who came to this country, they'll need to be held accountable. And they will. They will. Justice is coming. And justice matters. As always, folks, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you're inclined. You can follow me on Twitter, at GlennKershner2, obviously on YouTube, GlennKershner2, and on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com, become a patron, and support our efforts, support our content. Uh, until I talk to you again tomorrow, please stay safe. Please get out and vote. Please urge everybody else to get out and vote. And, uh, and then we'll catch up again tomorrow.